Welcome to 2021, everybody. How many are so glad 2020 is gone? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we got some great days ahead of us. I just want to make a quick announcement. We are on day two of our fasting of 21 days in prayer. And so if you haven't jumped on board, it's okay. Um, some people probably won't even jump on board till tomorrow, and that's okay. So pick out something that you want to fast and set aside for um, during this 21 days. You can also sign up for the fasting text. You can jump on our website and find that. But Thursday night, we're having our corporate prayer together, and we do this every Every fasting and prayer for three Thursdays, but this Thursday is going to be a little different, and I'm really excited about it. Um, we are going to do something more of a Jericho march around our property on Thursday night, and I just felt like God wants to bring us together in unity. So when you come, we're going to have a text message sent to your phone. We're all going to be walking and saying the same prayer as we walk around our church property and our building and we're going to believe God for some things to come down. Amen. I'm just really believing God for some revival as we sang this morning and a special move of the Holy Spirit and I just figure us all coming together and not just sitting in our chairs and, and me having the microphone walking and praying. I want us all to walk and pray. So we're going to provide hot chocolate and coffee. Make sure you bundle up. It probably will be a little chilly um, but you're going to be using your own words to pray through the scriptures. Amen? I'm just excited about that. I am so excited about that. I really believe something special is going to happen, especially for this fast. And so um, just invite you to come out 7 o'clock on Thursday night, okay? All right. Well, I'm going to do uh, one teaching today. I normally set up series, but God really put in my heart coming into 2021, um, especially the year that we've had, is uh, the Lord gave me the words, don't quit. And I just truly believe that there are so many things that God has for your life and what he's doing. And the enemy's greatest tactic in our life is to cause us to quit and give up. And usually when the pressure to quit and give up comes the greatest is when God is about to do the most amazing thing in your life. And he'll come through how the enemy works in the area of causing us to quit is he causes us to feel great disappointment. Has anybody ever been there? And disappointment comes in our heart because we get discouraged. Well, why didn't that happen in my life? And, and where is God at? I know some of us, we don't ever question God, but we do. We get frustrated with the timetable. We get frustrated with life. And we love God and we want the things of God in our life. But we get so discouraged because we haven't seen God show up in the areas of our desires. There's many of us who have maybe been believing God for a long time for some things. That you've been trusting the Lord. And maybe you've been believing in a short time, but we get so discouraged because we haven't seen the process. And the way that I can give you an example is my goddaughter, Samaya, if you know her, she's really tall, a lot taller than me. And uh, people who haven't seen her for a long time are like, oh my gosh, Samaya, you're so tall. And they get shocked by this growth that they see in her. But when I had her in my home for eight years, I would bring her into this little laundry room and I would measure her all the time. And I saw every step of growth. But people who didn't see it didn't see the process. And so when you're serving God and you're loving God and you're living your life, you may not see what you want to see yet, but you have to trust God in the process. You might be just looking for the big thing when God says, have you noticed the little things along the way that I've been showing up in your life? And what happens is when you see those little things, you can remain faithful to what God has in your life through discouragement, knowing that the big picture is about to come to place. 
And you may think, well, people don't see what God's doing in my life, and people may be disappointed with God, but you're going to trust God and say, but I know what God is doing in the big picture, amen. So you can't grow weary, and you can't get discouraged in this time when you're so close to the breakthrough. Somebody say amen. Y'all are quiet today. It's okay. Discouragement is the biggest trick of the enemy because if he can get you in your emotions, if he can get you all, all feeling like nothing is happening in your life, it will cause you to throw away what God has for you when the greatest thing is just right in front of you. And I really feel like God is saying in this season, it's time to get our faith back in what God is doing in our lives. It's time to get our eyes off of what's going on in the world, getting out of our emotions, and let's get focused on what God is doing. God is saying it's time to get our dreams back. It's time to get our desires back. It's time to uh, enact the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Stir up your dreams and desires. There may be some things that are on the back burner of your life and you're wondering, how is my life ever going to change? But God knows. And I'm going to share some things with you this morning is how not to lose the position when you're discouraged and in your emotions and still stay focused on Jesus because there is a way. Amen. If you study uh, the butterfly, I read this story of a man who was uh, walking along the road and he saw a uh, caterpillar in a cocoon, a cocoon, and he saw that caterpillar, that butterfly, struggling so hard to get out of the cocoon. So he thought, you know, I'm going to reach down and I'm going to help the cocoon. So he reached down and he kind of tore it open and, and the butterfly, sure enough, flopped out of the cocoon, but it just kind of flop, flop, flop on the ground and never could take flight and eventually died. And the man found out, which is true study, that the caterpillar who's been in the cocoon secretly developing their, their change needed the fight of the cocoon struggle so that every time that wing would fight against that cocoon to get out, it was causing that wing's muscles to be strengthened and strong. And so you look at the wrestling of life and it's so frustrating and it seems hard and it's overwhelming. But what you don't understand is God is strengthening you in the struggle. And that butterfly never could fly and live its purpose because it never went through the struggle that was necessary to develop the strength in its wings. We'll never understand life, will we? We'll never understand why things happen in this world. We are in a sinful, un imperfect world. Until we get to heaven, we'll never have perfection. But in the process, I'm going to use this pressure, and I'm going to use this disappointment, and I'm going to use the struggle of life to be who God's called me to be. You have to understand your struggle is not in vain. The only time a struggle gets lost is when you quit and give up. And God doesn't want us to give up. He's, we are living in a season where God is calling us to have our dreams and desires fulfilled. We are living in the greatest season of the church. I don't care what the world looks like. The church of Jesus Christ is strong and it is mighty. And the enemy would come at a great opposition right now. Why? Because when there's opposition, there's promotion. When there's opposition, there is a catapulting into the will of God. And so if there's been a great opposition against you, get ready because God is about to explode in your life. There's been an opposition against the church of Jesus Christ worldwide trying to shut the church down. The devil would love to shut the church down. The devil would love to silence the voice of the preachers and the believers. But we're not going to do it. It's been an opposition. And we've had to do church a little differently. And it's been a struggle and it's been tough. But guess what? We're coming out.
out on the other side of this thing. We are going to see the glory of God like we've never seen in this earth today. And that's why God is calling the church to arise. He's calling us to get back into position, amen. Let's get back into our place and let's begin to believe God and be focused where God wants us to go. We are living in a time of distraction, a time of disappointment, a time where it's struggling and it's hard. And that is where now we're going to have to stand and fight the good fight of faith and not give up. Because you're going to see the growth. You're going to see your maturity when you get on the other side of this thing, I promise you. So I want you, let's look at scripture this morning. I want to go to Galatians 6 verses 8 through 9. And we're going to work through those frustrations and disappointments, amen? So let's look at Galatians 6. It says this in verse 8. For he, talking about you, who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. Now, if you look at that word sow, it also means plant. He who plants to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. So what does that mean? Everything that you plant in your life that's of the flesh, you're going to produce it in your flesh. So if you're planting frustration and fear and discouragement, you're going to reap that in your life. If you're planting insecurities and jealousy and fear, you're going to reap that in your life. Everything that you produce out out of the flesh, you're going to produce it in your life. Negativity, gossip, division, strife, if that's coming out of your flesh, you're going to reap it in your life. And we wonder why we're chasing our tail in this tailspin of life and we want change, we want life different, we really want what God wants, but we keep living in this merry-go-round of frustration and disappointment because we're sowing to the flesh. And we have to be mindful in this season. I'm not going to sow to what my flesh sees or feels. Because I don't want to reap that in the next season of my life. I know 2021 is going to be a great year. A year of blessings and favor and promotion and your dreams and your desires. But it's going to cause us, we have to focus on what God is saying in this season. we got to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, not what my flesh desires. Because the flesh is going to scream really loud, isn't it? The flesh is so loud. The flesh wants instant gratification. The flesh wants to be felt and feel good. But the spirit has to endure the good fight of faith, trusting God. And that's hard. It's hard to trust God with something that I can't see. And it's the unknown. It's easier to look at what I see and put all my hope in that instead of putting my trust in God. So he says, those who sow to the flesh are going to reap of the flesh. But it's awesome. It goes on to say, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So everything that you speak out of your spirit, the God on the inside of you, you're going to begin to reap that in your life. The spirit of God is in you. When you get born again and you have Jesus, you may not have it all figured out and you may still stumble and make mistakes, but you still got Jesus on the inside of you. And that spirit of God lives in you and wants to lead and guide you into all truth. But the flesh is so wanting to be in control and wants to have attention that you can't hear the spirit. So what we have to do is go, I want to know what God wants in my life. I want to be spirit-led. I want to hear the voice of God. So what does that mean? I'm going to have to start talking to my spirit 
So what I sow into the spirit of me, I'm going to reap that in my life. In other words, you're coming to church, you're sowing to your spirit. You're being faithful in, in serving, you're sowing in the spirit. You're faithful in your tithes, you're sowing in the spirit. You're speaking the word of God, you're sowing in the spirit. God, I'm hurt, God, I'm broken, God, I'm lonely, but I'm still sowing in the spirit. I'm not going to sow into what's got me hurt, broken, and lonely because that's going to keep me there a year from now. But I'm going to begin to sow something different. I'm going to plant new seeds in my life. I'm going to plant new seeds in my garden. Why? Because I want a different harvest this year. I don't want what I ate last year because I didn't like it. Amen. I want a new harvest. I want some new things in my life. I had my own garden. You guys heard my story. I'm not a gardener. I'm no good, no patience for it. But I had, you know, this beautiful garden, all my perfect little rows. And I had little pictures like carrots and tomatoes and beans. I had all this. And I realized that in a garden, some things grow faster than other things. And that was so cool. Like, one day I went out there and there was the row of carrots. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Little green tops. Uh, but everything else was still the dirt stuff I planted. And it took a while for the other things to produce. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they were bigger, they needed more time. I don't know if God has more nutrients that that fruit needs. or I don't know why it's not happening yet. But God does. So some things happen like that in our life. And we think, well, why isn't it all happening like that? Wouldn't that be good? But that's not life. But if you plant it, you trust God, you're going to reap that in your life if you don't quit. If you don't let frustration to get a hold of you, if you don't let fear get a hold of you, if you don't let disappointment or comparison get in the way. And know that if I'm planting the good things of God, I will produce those in God's timing. Amen. Not in my own timing, but in God's timing. And we have to trust him. So look at verse 9. It says this. So we're talking about planting this harvest in our spirit. Verse 9 says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. See, you're doing good and you're being faithful. And hey, listen, we all have grown weary. We all have given up at one point or another, haven't we? We've all been frustrated and thrown in the towel. But God is saying in this season, don't grow weary in doing good. Be faithful. I just feel like some of you need to understand God has not forgotten you. The Bible says there's nowhere you can go from his presence. Nowhere. He's there. Not in a judgmental, I, I got you. No, he's there loving he doesn't care where you've been, what you've done. Matter of fact, he cares more about that because he wants to give you grace and mercy and forgiveness and love and comfort. So he's there even more when we think we don't deserve him. He loves you. So in your well-doing, don't give up. Don't grow weary and throw in the towel. That word weary means this. It means utterly spiritless. See, I'm talking about a tactic of the enemy that has brought so much discouragement to our soul that we are utterly spiritless. That means I'm not spirit-led. I'm disappointed. I can't see God. I can't hear God. And really, it's not any of that. I've just grown weary. Because I don't see God showing up in my life. I don't see the miracles. I don't see what he promised me. I don't see what other people see. So I'm weary, God. I'm tired. Has anybody ever just been tired? 
God, I don't want one more prayer. I don't need one more worship service. I need you to show up. And God's like, I know, but I'm strengthening you. You can't see the little marks, but I'm strengthening your faith. I'm enlarging your capacity. You're going to trust me like you've never trusted me before. Don't grow weary. I am moving when you can't see me. I am growing you when you don't feel like I'm there. And that's why when we don't see this God show up in our life, we get discouraged and we throw away the promise. And God's like, man, you're right here. And this is the good thing about the grace of God. He picks you right up where, he left you, where you left him. He'll pick you right back up and put you right there. And the promise has not gone away. Amen. I feel that. Receive that in your spirit today. Some of you feel like, man, you made that mistake. It can never come back. That's a lie. Matter of fact, close your eyes right now. Father God, we bind that condemning spirit in the name of Jesus. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. They have nothing missing and nothing broken, Father God. And we receive your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. See, the very fact that the enemy would try to hit you right now as I'm giving this word of hope is exactly why you're about to go through a blessing from God. Or I wouldn't be sitting here in the word trying to discourage you, amen. All right, so let us not grow weary. It means exhausted. Trust the process. Trust that God knows exactly what he's doing. Listen, there is nothing you can do to manufacture a miracle in your life other than trust God. There's nothing in your natural ability to change God's timing or God's way. God knows the timing of the harvest of your life to show up. And we simply have to trust him in that. Amen. So let us, verse 9 again, let us not grow weary while doing good. Why? Because in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That word season means time. In time. You will reap the harvest. Whose timetable is it? It's God's timetable. Who's the one that brings the promises? God brings the promises in our life. Amen. It's the timing of God that we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That word time means this. It means a set time. An appointed time by God. There is an appointment that you have with God in your life. And let's not let our disappointments and our discourage keep that appointment away. Amen. I don't want the appointment a week from now. I want it when God wants it in my life. And I want it in that perfect timing and exactly the way that God wants it for me. Now, what do we do in the meantime for the promises of God to be revealed in our life? Let's put those three points up there. Number one, you have to understand when you are planting those seeds. Number one, God will cause the harvest to come from your life. God will produce the harvest in your life. Don't look for man to produce it. You can't produce it. God will make it happen in your life. What are your dreams and desires? What are the things you are longing from life? God wants to give them to you more than you want them. But sometimes God is looking just to get our attention, just to get our focus back on him and allow the seeds that I'm planting, the seeds that I have planted in my life already, for God to produce that harvest in my life. So listen, when you show up, you planted seeds. When you remained faithful, you planted seeds. How many of you can look back in your life 
and you can see where you planted seeds, but you haven't seen the harvest yet. It's time to get back and get our faith back in God so God can give us the harvest that we planted. Amen. How many want what God has for your life? Amen. It's time to get excited about that. Number two, God is never earlier and ever late. Can anybody relate to that? Sometimes I feel like God just slides into home plate like right on time. Like, God, you could have done that a little earlier. Thank you so much. But God knows exactly the timing for what needs to show up in your life. God knows exactly the timing of when that change or promotion or a helpmate or whatever it is that you're longing for, God knows the timing and you have to trust the process. Right? But if I get into the flesh and I try to manufacture things in the flesh, guess what happened? I reap emotional destruction. Don't we? Every, every decision I've made in my emotions have been wrong decisions for my life. Every one of them. Whether it be financially or whatever it is, whenever it's in my emotions, it's always the wrong one. But when you're led by the Spirit and you're trusting God, you can rest in that. You can have peace in that. You can have joy in that. That if God doesn't bring it to me, I'm going to be okay because I'm going to trust him anyway. Amen. Instead of reaping the harvest that God doesn't want. And our harvest will always have the nature of our seed sown. Isn't that the truth? Your harvest will always have the nature of the seeds that have sown. So what do we do? What do we do in the meantime to not grow weary? It is this. Number one, refuse to become discouraged. As we walk this walk of faith, we are going to be disappointed. As we're serving God, sometimes we don't feel like God shows up. Sometimes we feel like God favors other people, and those are all natural. But if we want the harvest that God has for our life, we have to refuse to become discouraged. And number two is determined to keep your faith alive and active. And those two things are actions. They're verbs. Like I have to, in this season, I want this church, I know this church is going to another level. I know that people are coming in and going to be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And I'm planting that seed that comes out of my mouth every day since I've been a pastor. But if I want the harvest, I'm in action. Why? Because if I'm not, the devil is. And guess what? The devil is right now. The devil hates the church. The devil wants the message that we don't need the church. The devil wants to strife and division and separate people. But God is calling us back together. So what am I doing as a pastor? I'm refusing to become discouraged. I'm not going to sow to the flesh. I'm going to reap of the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I got enough things that discourages me, right? So I'm going to refuse it. I'm going to say no to those things. But I'm also going to remove the things that's trying to take away my joy. Remove the things that's trying to question my faith. And I want to be focused and allow my faith to be active on the things that are important in my life. I, I'm taking a sabbatical from Facebook. I'm not a huge Facebook person anyway. But I've just decided that app's going to the end of my phone screens, the very last one. Because it's not going to be one of my priorities. Why? Because I need faith active in this season. I need God alive and well. Why? Because I need a harvest in my life. Personally and with this church, right? You have to do change if you want change. And it's not hard, amen. It's just making some decisions in my life to say I'm going to do it different and I'm going to watch God move in my life. But we have to make those changes in our life, amen. I want to uh, look at this uh, scripture verse, Galatians 6, 9, in a different translation to help give you a different viewpoint. It's so awesome. It's in the NLT version. It says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
How easy is it to get tired of what is doing good? I'm a pastor and I get tired of doing what is good. And I don't mean sin, but I'm talking about showing up on Sundays. Not always easy for pastors either, just a heads up. <laughs> Preaching two services is not always woohoo. Coming in here not feeling good, right? It's, it's not easy to always do what's good and show up and do what's right. And I don't get it right all the time. But we can't get tired of what is doing good. Keep doing the right thing. Keep showing up and God will produce it. Why? Because at just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. That's all God asks of us. Just don't give up. I'll show up angry, right? I'll show up lonely. I'll show up sick. I'll show up frustrated. I'm going to show up because I'm going to trust the Lord of the harvest to produce something in my life different than what I see. And if I can't trust God, who can I trust? Amen. I definitely can't put it in man. They fail us all the time, right? People fail us all the time. But God never will. And especially more so in this season if we're going to put our focus on him. Philippians 1, 6 says this. I love this scripture verse. I actually wrote it in my side notes. I know it by heart. And I wrote this down. It says, he who started a good work in you will be found faithful to complete it. And I love this scripture verse. Man, what God started in me, he's going to finish it if he promised me. He's going to give it to me. But then I went back and I thought, I'm going to open up that verse and just look at it in my Bible. And I missed the most important part of this scripture verse. I had to add it at the top of my notes. And it says this, being confident of this very thing. Confident. That what God started in me, no matter what in my life, no matter where I've gone, what I've done, if I've lost heart, if I gave up, I am confident that God started it in me, God is going to finish it in me. If God promised it, he's going to give it to me. Why? Because there's nowhere I can go from his presence. His love is so unconditional in our lives. Amen. I'm going to put this statement up here on the screen talking about the temptation to quit and you know temptation is such a strong force in in the world and it says this temptation is a strong desire for a wrongful pleasure that offers a temporary escape from an agonizing emotion Anytime we're facing an agonizing situation our flesh wants to protect itself and we want immediate satisfaction and gratification. It's the natural flesh response. And that's why people will turn to things in the world, addictive things, destructive things, because I need to satisfy this emotion that's hurting. And the world does it all the time. And we do too. We turn to things. One of the ways we temporarily escape from a frustrating situation is to prematurely quit. Who's been there? I'll raise my hand first. All the time. Why? Because I don't want to fail again. I don't want to look bad. I'm tired. I'm angry. So I'm going to throw in the towel. That's the temptation. And I'm preaching this today because God wants you to realize that is a place that the enemy uses to get you right out of the place you actually want to be. Think about that. Talk about devil's deception. 
tantalizes the flesh. This is what you want. This is really what looks good. And in reality, the spirit in you is saying, no, I want that. But the enemy, the world's making this look so good and immediate gratification that I'm deceived. Amen? And God is wanting us to get back to our spirit, that still small voice of God. God lives in you. Unless you just renounce him and cast him out or something. I don't even know if that would work, but he's in you. And you can still hear him. And he still is talking to you. It's just that the world is so noisy. The flesh is so noisy. We've got to quiet that down. This 21 days, we're entering a new, new year. We call this our American New Year. Quiet things down. Amen. Hear the still small voice of God. He's here. He's speaking. And say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. I want this next season of my life to look different than what it looked like. I don't want the harvest that I just had. I want the new harvest, God. And I want what I planted to come back into my life. Amen. The good things. All right. Where did I leave off, you all? He was, oh, temptation. Okay. So what I want you to do is put up that graphic really quick. So I wanted to give this example to you. And many of us, some of us know this. Some of us, it's a great visual. But we are body, soul, and spirit. And this is kind of a, I know, I hope you can read it. But we are made up of a body, soul, and spirit. And so the outside is the body. It's the flesh, Right? Those are the things that become our habit patterns, right? They appeal to our mind, and they're independent of God. So your flesh desires the things of the flesh, not the things of God, right? That's the struggle is the flesh. The flesh has the ailments of the body, and when we read that scripture verse, those who walk in the flesh, if you look at the bottom, the walk of the flesh is what? Immorality, impurity, sensuality. Idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. Now, is this to make you sin conscious? No, we're God conscious and we're convicted by the Holy Spirit. But that's to show you when you sow those things into your flesh, that's what you reap. So when we preach the message of the gospel, it isn't to make you feel all guilty and condemn you so that you can get to heaven. No, it's about I need to understand that my flesh is separate from the spirit of God. My flesh struggles. And so the middle part is your soul. Now your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's where you have to win the battle is in your soul. That's why we renew our mind to the word of God. Why? Because my mind has things that need to line up to God's word. Because my memory of my past, because people's opinions that have been planted in my soul, labels that's been put on my life. See, where the soul goes, the body goes. If you don't change your mindset on eating, your body will never really change. You can do a good diet, I've been there, and then the body ends up in the same place it was. Why? Because it's a soul problem. So the problem that we have as Christians is we've got to fix the soul. I've got to fix my mind, which hates God, and it's double-minded. My emotions are just out of control, and they're unstable. Somebody say amen. If you're married, you already know that. They're out of control. And my will is my decision to say I'm not going to sow to the flesh anymore. 
I'm willing, I'm, dis- I'm deciding, nobody's telling me, I'm making my decision that I'm going to plant to the Spirit. I'm going to plant into the good soil of my life. I've decided that. That's full control. And God gave you that control. That's what I love about our God, the real God, is he doesn't control us. He gives you a free will. So you have to will to change that mind and that emotion. And when you get that lined up, your body will go there. It's like getting a a car alignment on your wheels, your wheels on your car. You want to go there, but if it's out of alignment, it keeps trying to go this way. And you got to work and work and work, right? But when you get that will lined up, you get your focus back on Jesus, the car goes right where you want it to go. And your spirit is the God that lives in you. That's all truth. Your spirit, when you have Jesus, does not need to be redeemed. It is the spirit of God in you. And that is the leading factor of your life is the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of God in you. That's the conviction of God in you. And when you allow the seeds of the spirit in your life, you'll get your mind and will and emotions in alignment, and then your flesh will respond. That's how you get yourself to show up when you don't feel like showing up. Why? Because I willed my spirit to lead my life instead of my flesh. And that's not easy. Because I love, I love the things in my flesh. You know, I'm, I've been fasting a little bit. I haven't been feeling good. I'm way better. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm going to start on Monday. But I can tell you this for sure. It's going to be hard because I love Oreo cookies <laughs> and cold milk. I love Doritos. I love popcorn. And it usually hits me at about 9 o'clock at night, you know, when I kind of feel like this guilty pleasure coming on. But you know what? I'm willing in my spirit to say, I can crucify my flesh. Why? Because I want something on the other side of this. I want a breakthrough. I want my dreams and desires. I want to be focused, but it's going to require myself to will, die to myself. What's that scripture verse say? He must increase, I may decrease, that he would increase. Romans, John 3.30, I think. Sometimes we have to decrease, die to the flesh, amen, and allow the spirit to come up in my life. All right, let me close with this scripture verse. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I love this part. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What does that mean? Every time you show up, you're growing. When you're faithful, you're growing. When you're obedient, you're growing. It's not in vain. Your struggle's not in vain. The disappointments that came at life, it's not in vain. It will make you stronger. And we don't understand the process. We don't understand it, but God does. And you have to trust him in this process, amen. Trust that when you come through, you're going to be like my Samaya, like, where the heck did they come from? And you're like, well, you don't know. Man, I've been, I've been sacrificing. I've been obeying. I've been trusting. I'm hurting, but I keep showing up. And God's like, that's why the harvest is coming. Because you saw every little line. You saw every sacrifice. Now you get to see the big picture, but you don't know what I did behind the scenes. 
And that's why the devil uses comparison and jealousy. Because all of a sudden it's like, oh, they just got blessed. No, you don't know the blood on the floor. You don't know the tears and the sacrifice. They do. But you don't. But you'll be that story. You know every tear on that floor. You know all that anger and frustration. You know. But you still were faithful. And when it becomes time, and then God explodes in your life, you're just going to give him the glory. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and close your eyes. Father, I thank you today for every person that's here. Lord, you love them so much that you brought them here to hear don't quit. What a good God you are. Lord, touch all of our hearts in only the way you know how. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you rest upon every person here and watching at home. Lord, let us feel you. Let us desire you. And Lord, let us make better decisions to not will for our flesh, but to will for the Holy Spirit. I thank you today that you have great things for every person in this room. I just feel God's presence. And maybe you're here this morning and you just need to get things right with the Lord. And that's okay. And you don't have to have it all figured out. Man, if I'd have tried to figure Jesus out 30 years later after serving him, I'd never be here. Because we don't know the walk. We don't know the journey. But you know what? God doesn't care. God says, now, just come to me now. Get your heart now so that you can begin to make the choices that you truly do desire in your life. You don't have to even tell anybody that you made this commitment. Nobody needs to know. It's between you and the Father. And just know that you're enacting your faith again and acting the Holy Spirit in your life again. So we're going to say this prayer together for everyone who may be saying it for the first time or just trying to get things straightened out or... Whatever it is, we're going to say it together today. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins, my frustration, my discouragement. I lay it at your feet today. I invite you into my life, Jesus. Show me who you are. Reveal yourself to me in a real way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning. I love you all so much. We're coming into a great year, amen, of just amazing things. So get ready. We'll see you Thursday night, 7 o'clock prayer. But I